0: Well, let's bow our head in prayer, uh, go Lord. <coughs> Dear Lord, we come to you this morning in thanks for another beautiful morning. We thank you for uh, giving us weekends like Memorial Day, giving us a chance to sit back and reflect um, on what we have here in this country and how grateful we are for it, Lord. We thank you for each and every person here this morning. We ask that you meet with us. We ask that you be with us uh, through the message and as we leave here today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, uh, we say a lot in this church, and I think this weekend, um, I think it's important we say it again, I think we are absolutely blessed, and we are absolutely fortunate to be able to live in the country uh, that we live in today. Um, Sure enough, I think there's plenty of things, plenty of uh, things we can point our fingers at, plenty of problems this country deals with on a day-to-day basis, be it our crime, be it uh, foreclosures, be it addiction, be it. Uh, the the issues with bureaucracy in washington there or or whatever else it is that they want to throw on the news tonight I mean there's plenty of things that we can point our fingers at but I'll tell you what when you step back and you truly um, realize uh, uh, the freedoms that we have here today it it's nothing other than a gift from god and it's something that I think that Um, No matter what's going on around us, I think it's something that we should always be, remember to be very grateful for. Um, I think that uh, not only is it it of the utmost importance, but I think it's a duty and I think it's a responsibility of us as Americans to recognize just why it is we have these freedoms and these liberties today. And there's a whole bunch of different people and a whole bunch of different circumstances and things that got the country to where it is today. But the two big ones that stick out in my mind are this. I think, one, I think our founding fathers, the people that were our founding fathers, had an opportunity to build the foundation of this country on God's principles. And they took it. I think God blessed them for that. I think he blessed the country then for that reason. And I think he still blesses us today because of that. And one of those blessings that this country has always had is the most powerful military in the world. And this is a military that he built on um, individuals who have very unselfishly fought and died to protect everything that we enjoy today. That brings us to the titles of this morning's message, which is called The Gift of Freedom. And when Americans typically talk about freedom, we're referring to um, things that you think of that the law gives us, the right uh, free speech to say what we want, when we want, we think of the right to vote, the right to uh, the belief that all men were created equal, the right to prosper, but the freedom that we're going to focus on this morning is very different from any kind of freedom that the Constitution could ever give us, and it's the freedom that's given to us by God, and the purpose of this morning's message, if nothing else, is just to reemphasize the fact that Christ is capable of freeing any one of us, no matter where we're from or what country we're in today. Amen. That's a bold statement. I, I, that's, a, I'll be, that's, a, that's a simple statement, that, that Christ can free anybody. But it's a bold statement when you really think about it. And what it really takes to believe that statement is faith. It takes faith believing that Christ wasn't just some well-intentioned man 2,000 years ago That gave his life for us. Doing good deeds. It takes true faith to believe that Christ did make the ultimate sacrifice for us two years ago. And he was much more than just a well-intentioned man. And that sacrifice that he did for us 2,000 years ago, that's what allows him to have that relationship with us today. That's what allows his presence in our little chapel here this morning. As he continues to carry out his mission of setting each and every one of us free. The freedom that Christ promises us, really, simply put, it liberates us from sin, it liberates us from death, and it liberates us from our burdens. And this freedom cannot be given to us, and it surely cannot be taken away by any man, or any group, or any government. Period. Uh, If you got your Bibles this morning, um, turn to the book of Galatians. Chapter 5 and verse 1, Paul writes, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and has not entangled us with the yoke of bondage. So when we talk about all the freedoms that Christ has given us, the first thing that Paul says here is that Christ freed us from the law of the Old Testament. Now, Paul's mission um, when he was alive was to go and spread the word of the gospel and it was to bring other people to Christ. The Galatians, the people who he's writing to in this book, they actually had received Christ. Many of them had. But over time, they confused that relationship with the law, basically, with a lot of the things that the Old Testament dictates. Um, you can read through all of Galatians. You can see what a lot of that was. But Paul saw what was going on, and he caught wind that they were basically spreading the wrong message about what true Christianity really is. And his message to them was simple doing good deeds or what the Bible calls uh, good works and trying to stick to each and every law of the Old Testament is no longer what it takes to get right with God. And it most definitely is not where we're going to find any sort of uh, inner peace or inner joy. I think the message that uh, we can take away from Paul um, is this. Our good deeds Look awesome on the outside. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with going out and doing good things for other people. But our freedom and our salvation is based on so much more than that. And the whole reason the whole reason that Christ came and died for us was so that we wouldn't have to do these things so rigidly. And what he promised us in turn was a relationship instead of a law. Um I think that uh This is one of the biggest misunderstandings that the world has about Christianity even today. I think that there's a lot of us, and I'm not pointing at any one group, I'm pointing at um, people who are in church as much as people who who don't go to church. I, I think that Christianity is misunderstood as a set of rules. And so many of us think that, so many of us look at the success of our faith, and we try to like we try to assess a, um, a scoring system on how good our faith is based on how perfectly we're living our day-to-day lives. Okay, well, I did this, this, and this today. I uh, went to the soup kitchen. I didn't use any profanities. I didn't yell at anybody today. And, all right, I had a good week. And then, or the flip side of that is, you know, you look at all these things that we did wrong this week and say, all right, well... How happy am I with my faith this week? I'm not happy at all. Things are horrible. Getting overly focused on these rules and on these good deeds, quite frankly, it leads to judgment. And I'm not telling anybody that they don't already know in here, anything that they don't already know in here, that nothing turns folks away from the church any quicker than judgment. It leads to bitterness. It leads to guilt. It leads to self-righteousness. And we don't need to know much about Christ to know that He doesn't stand for any one of those three things. He stands for so much more. I believe that this misunderstanding is one of the biggest setbacks um, as Christians that we face in bringing others to Christ today. I, the, the true cost of it is that it's not that we're not able to get people into church, but people are unable to experience What the love of Christ really is. And what comes with it. And what is it that comes with the love of Christ. It's purpose. It's redemption. It's mercy. It's love. And that's just to name a few. Just a a few things. Now let's take a look at Galatians. uh, Just a couple verses down. Galatians 5. Chapter 5 and verse 4. Where Paul writes. Continue to speak to the. To the Galatians, Christ has become no effect of un- Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. The first thing that Paul is saying is that when we put our trust in the law and in religion, the effects of Christ are not nearly as strong. Christ does not have the same effect on us because we're so bent on these, on these rules. And the second thing that he's saying, and this is very simply put, is that he was just reminding the Galatians that Christianity is not religion. True Christianity is the belief that Christ came, he died for you and I, and because of his sacrifice, we're able to have a one-on-one relationship with him today. It's a direct relationship, it's direct access. Now, if that all being said, I believe that there are, I don't believe, there are, there are Many people who question how it is that we can have, um, we can hold a belief, or who we can, how we can even have a direct access or have a direct relationship with something that we cannot see. And, you know, the first thing I'll say to that is believing without seeing is called faith. I by no means am standing up here telling you all that I've got the answers to this, to all these questions. But what I can tell you is that whether you go to church or whether you don't go to church, each and every one of us have the capacity for faith. And each and every one of us are going to have that faith challenge at some point in our life. And the last thing I'll say about that is that when we do find that faith, when we do uh, embrace it, nothing makes God happier. Somebody control her. <laughs> She's happy. <laughs> Carry on again. i have completely off my train of thought. Let me get back on track here. Nothing pleases God more than faith. Okay? And, and I take a look at this. I think here's a good verse to underline. Flip a few pages over to Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 18. Paul writes for through him we both have access by one spirit under the father that what Paul's saying is what it's all about that access that is, that is the relationship that's what he's talking about before Christ we would have had to go through a high priest we would have had to go through a temple we would have had to follow all these rules in order to, to be right with God but thanks to Christ's sacrifice none of that is required anymore how is it that we talk to God? How is it that we hear Him? Well, through prayer. This has been talked about in here a lot. We can talk to God through prayer. We can listen to God through His Word. And when we're still enough, we can feel God in our souls and in our hearts. We're going to go to one last verse here. And it's in Galatians, it's back in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. For Paul writes, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word and even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We're going to look at that first, that that second one first. What he is saying is, is that all those laws and all those rules that we're in the Old Testament, has been consolidated into one. And that is to love thy neighbor as, you love thy, as, as I love thyself. And what I think about, in when I hear that, is what a relief it is that after I've offended somebody, but <laughs> they look at me and say, hey, don't worry about it. That's what Christ does for us on a daily basis. And the other thing that he is saying in this verse is that, Accepting Christ is not a free pass to go out and do whatever it is we want without any sort of regard for God's principles. What he is saying is that, while when we accept Christ, we're still faced with temptations, but our, our temptations—they—they, they, um, our desires change. They go from being self-serving to go to being God-serving. Now let's make it perfectly clear while there is no better decision a person can make than to accept Christ don't let ourselves be fooled into thinking that it's going to make us perfect because it won't. Sean uh, this came up uh, I I can't remember if it was in a Bible study or if it was in a message recently but we were talking about guilt. Guilt is not something that comes from God but conviction is. And when when you've got the Holy Spirit in your heart and you screw up He's going to convict you to go make it right with Him. This is the kind of freedom that we're talking about. There's so much more that we could ever ask for out of any other sort of government or any other sort of power. This freedom is truly liberating. And there is truly nothing nothing else like it. And the beauty of this freedom that we all experience today and have access to today is that it required only one person to fight for it, and that was Christ. And all we got to do to get it is surrender ourselves to it. (coughs) We're going to keep this message very short and sweet this morning. Um, (laughs) There is no experience in the freedom of Christ. It is an experience of complete peace, of love. I mean... you see things differently once you understand the love of price and that comes with it.